What's up, everybody? It's Coach Dave, and I lift. And Laura, and I lift, and welcome to the She Lifts. He Lifts podcast, your guide to sustainable fitness for real life. And as we're talking about sustainable fitness, we are heading into bulking season. That's right, bulking season. It is the time of year when everyone, uh, especially people who are trying to get as big and as jacked as they possibly can, head into what they call their bulk. Um, so you're trying to gain weight. This is what you got to do. You eat a bunch of processed sugar, you eat fast food four times a week, and you sit your ass on the couch. That You'll gain some weight. There we are. Good job. See you next week. Um, Tell them what they can see do. See you next week. <laughs> I'm kidding. Of course I'm kidding. We wanted to explain what bulking it, what bulking is versus gaining weight. And guys, let me let me be honest with you. There are people out there. A lot of people, when they think of fitness, they people think of people trying to lose weight, and and that is true. A lot of people come to us and they want to lose weight. Um, but there is a portion of the population that really has a hard time gaining weight and, and wants to either gain weight or gain muscle. Um. And let me tell you what, guys, to gain muscle sometimes and gain gain size if you are underweight is more challenging, I think, in some respects than losing weight. Losing weight is more a matter for most people of, of willpower and desire where gaining weight, there's a lot of other factors that you don't have control of that come into play. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. And the first thing I want to talk about when it comes to this is... What is bulking versus gaining weight? Gaining weight, like I said, gaining weight can be encompassed a lot of things. Anytime your weight increases, you are gaining weight. You can do it healthy in a healthy way. You can do it in an unhealthy way. And you can do it even in a healthy way that isn't necessarily adding muscle to your body. Um, sometimes in an older population, you see that where they have slowed down. So they've stopped eating. And now all of a sudden they are underweight or you've seen people who um, have gone through some sort of uh, like uh, treatment for some sort of disease, uh, cancer patients for a, a lot of times um, will lose weight because they stop eating and are trying to gain weight, not necessarily muscle. But for the uh, purposes of what we're talking about tonight, we are talking about bulk. Bulking versus gaining weight. Gaining weight, like I said, is anytime your weight goes up. Bulking is a form of gaining weight, but bulking comes from trying to add size to your frame generally in a way that is going to help you build muscle. How is it going to help you build muscle? There's a, a thing and, and a lot of uh, hardcore bodybuilders do this. They go into a bulking phase, which they increase their calories. They go into a, a calorie surplus. They a lot of times will increase their healthy fat intake and protein intake um, and carbs as well. They will hit the gym. Gym, usually they ch change the way they, they train in some respects. Um, they'll cut out cardio, and we'll talk about a lot of these things, but then they go into what they call a cut. The cut is where they start getting going back into leaner proteins. They start uh, watching their fats, tracking their calories more, going back to doing their cardio. And they, as they're bulking, they're lifting heavy, they're adding muscle. Because they weigh more, they can generate more force thus lift more weight, thus build more muscle. And when, when you cut, you add your cardio in, and now you can see that extra muscle that you've built. My personal problem with this is if you are not a bodybuilder or you are not an incredibly disciplined individual, and guys, when I say an incredibly disciplined individual, I consider myself a pretty disciplined individual, but I don't have that kind of discipline where I can suddenly go and eat whatever I want to some extent, and then all, all of a sudden turn around and flip a switch for half a year and eat into a calorie deficit and add that cardio and do things that I don't necessarily want to do to get that weight down. The other part of that, again, I am not a bodybuilder, as I mentioned pretty much on every show. Um, we want to find a way that we can add muscle to that frame in a way that, again, real life, real life, real people can find a way to. And we're going to talk more about that. And Laura um, actually has a good way to do this. So, Laura, why don't you tell them exactly how you like to approach this? 
So I have to, uh, before I get into that, I was going to do this the other way around, but I feel like this was the other way around. I'm just going to segue a little better, so I'm switching my order. There is a clean bulk and there's a dirty bulk. So we like, we love a nice little clean bulk. We love the whole foods. We are pretty much eating the same things we're eating when we're cutting. We're just eating more volume of food. We're eating more protein. We're eating more calories. A dirty bulk is when you're going to eat like, oh, well, I got to increase my calories. So let me eat some ice cream. Let me eat a brownie. Let me eat some fries or whatever. Um, so we're kind of getting away from the whole foods and we're now crossing into the processed foods. Um, we're not really focusing on health. We're more worried about increasing our calories. Um, so we always want to do a clean bulk because we want to feel good. Dirty bulks are going to make us feel like garbage. When we feel like garbage, we're not going to want to hit the gym. So we want to feel good. We want to be building that night. And sometimes too, with a, with a dirty bulk, uh, you're going to add a lot more body fat than you are with a clean bulk. So we want to add the muscle mass. We don't want to add the muscle mass and the body fat because you may be adding size, but that size might be body fat. So we always want to keep it clean. Um, that's not to say every now and then you can't have like your favorite thing because we love that no matter what phase if you're in a bulk or a cut um, but how i approach this with my clients um i will talk a little bit about this in a second but i have everybody go through i don't call them bulks and i don't call them cuts i call it calorie surplus and a calorie deficit um because if i'm telling somebody like oh you're gonna go through a bulk or oh you're gonna go through a cut just mentally that sounds more difficult than if I tell you like, oh, I'm going to have you like in a slight calorie and you know me, I'm all about the behaviors. Um, if I tell you mentally, um, I'm going to put you in a slight calorie surplus for a little bit because I want you building muscle. Or I say, I'm going to put you in a slight calorie deficit for a little bit because I want to, I want you to burn off a little bit of your body fat. Um, 90% of the time there are some exceptions. So depending on some of my clients, I do my, I do change this a little bit. Um, 90% of the time I do mini cuts and mini bulks. So I will have you go in that slight calorie surplus for like three ish weeks. That fourth week, you're either going to be in your maintenance calories, which is where you're not losing or gaining weight. Um, or I'm going to put you in a mini cut. So you're going to be in the slight calorie deficit for a little bit, depending on how long of a phase I want you to be in your calorie surplus. I might have you go back to that mini bulk again for three more weeks. And then we might drop to that mini cut or mini maintenance a little bit. So I vary the amount of time or the amount, yeah, the amount of cycles of your mini bulk and mini cut. Um, but I don't do like, all right, we're bulking for th four months because you got to build as much muscle. Because um, like Dave said, once you're in a long-term cut, you get used to that. And it is more difficult to come out of your bulk or your cut when you spend so much time there. Um, so I personally like to do like, a, we're gonna build a little bit of muscle and then I'm gonna kind of change the stimulus so that your body's not getting used to it. And then we're either gonna go back to it or now we are switching phases. This is this is my favorite thing. Um, and going back to the, the, the dirty bulk, by the way, I actually tried to dirty bulk one time, one time. Um, I made it about three days. And like you said, Laura, I felt like absolute garbage in the gym um and, and again you you go into this sort of i can eat whatever i want guys i've talked about it before i like fast food i remember going out um getting on my way home from work i'm like i don't feel like cooking tonight so i'm gonna stop by burger king and i had like a whopper and a bacon double cheeseburger or something like that but and next day morning i got up and i ate at like a bowl of cereal and an egg sand like a like a um pre-packaged egg sandwich or two and i went to go lift i'm like i just don't feel like and i just remember feeling sick to my stomach as i'm as i'm there getting you know trying to get my lift on and i'm like this, this is not cool the other thing i have seen people do and i saw someone do this there was a guy i used to work with who went into a dirty bulk and he actually got hurt and injured and got not, knocked out of the gym for a little while while he was in that dirty bulk thing that fat then ends up sticking around. And that's why I like to do a little thing I like to call, and some people like to call, they call it main gaining. Basically what main gaining is, is staying in your calorie maintenance or slight surplus slight within your maintenance calories while working, focusing on your calorie output and your training, allowing yourself to build muscle along the way, 
that will naturally help decrease your body fat levels, help you in, increase. Usually it, it takes place in sort of a maintenance calorie, um, maintenance calorie uh, window, usually within two or 300 calories one way or the other. So if your maintenance calories are 2,500, you could eat, you could eat 22, you could eat 28, but you're going to stay in that, that, that window. It is usually very effective. Now, the one thing with it is you are going to, if you are chasing a single digit body fat level, yeah, it is, you usually are going to stay in, in sort of a low double digit body fat in order to make it work. Usually you need to stay around 12, 12 to 15%. But for most people, that is, most people, 12 to 15% body fat, I'm going to say, Laura, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I want to say 90, 90% of the people that I train would love to be 12 to 15% body fat. So that's not a bad place to be if you are, again, trying to live a real life. And again, that's, we keep coming back to that. We keep coming back to that that sustainable fitness for real life. If that's what we're working for, this is the way that I think for most people is the best way to go is to, once you've hit the certain, at least in a certain window of weight that you, if you're trying to lose weight or, or trying to gain weight, once you've gotten to the certain level, just work on recomp the comp, changing the composition of your body. I mean, that again, be, be real, be sustainable. Do, do what you can. If you're going on vacation and you want to drop, you can go into a small cut. If you if it starts to get cold outside, you know what? I could add a little bit more body fat, move a little bit more rotten bulk a little. You can do it. But work in that window, and you will see the results. Laura is really good at the nutrition part of this. Um, so Laura, why don't you go ahead and tell them about the reverse diet? Because I just something that still sort of escapes me sometimes. For whatever reason, it is not my – I cannot grasp, grasp the, the concept of it. Oh, I love reverse diets. So this is um, what Dave was talking. Uh, he called it main gaining. So this is a the part where you're in the surplus is the reverse diet. So I use this for every single one of my clients. I use this a lot for people who are like chronic dieters. So if you're always in like a low calorie, I'm gonna push you out, and we're gonna we're gonna increase that muscle mass and decrease that body fat at the same time. Um, hard gainers, I don't use this a ton because you're having a hard time. I'm going to increase your calories a lot more than I would for a reverse diet. Um, but for what, it, but I have used it in the past, depending on, cause okay, we're, we're going to get into this, uh, actually in the next one, but this does apply to hard gainers because most of the time hard gainers, uh, and people who have a hard time gaining weight, uh, you're not eating as much as you think you are. So you kind of are in the chronic diet phase, but I'm going to let Dave talk about that in a second. Um, but when somebody's eating super low calorie, um, they can't go any lower to lose body fat, or they're going to end up in a place where like, there's only a certain point where you can just keep going lower and lower and lower and lower and lower calorie. So I love a reverse diet because I'm going to increase your calories by like 200, maybe 300. I can't remember the last time I increased anybody's calories by 300 for a reverse diet. It's usually 150, 200. And those extra calories are going to fuel your muscle building phase so that we can build that muscle. In turn, your metabolism is going to speed up. You're going to build muscle and you're going to lose body fat at the same time. So you're eating more, losing more, and your body composition is going to be completely different. When I do a reverse diet, though, I don't want the number on the scale to change because we want to lose body fat and we want to replace that body fat with muscle. Um, I personally am usually in like either a slight surplus or a really, really small cut because as I've talked about before, I like to be strong. I don't necessarily care about being lean. I do have some phases where I'm like, oh, man, you know what? I do wish I was a little bit leaner and then my lifts drop and then I just don't like that and it messes with me mentally. So I don't tend to cut. <laughs> like I like I like my nice, I'm not the I'm not the lowest body fat person, but that's okay. I'm okay with it. Um so I adapt these phases to my lifestyle. So I've talked about this before. I usually tend to be in my calorie surplus over the summer. Um because over the summers, when I like to dr I like to drink some beers over the summer, I take my son to the pool. I'm not going to pack like I because I don't eat meat. I'm not going to pack tofu. There's no microwave. You can't really eat a lot of things that are plant based that are cold 
Um, so I tend to do my calorie surplus in the summer because my lifestyle, it's a little bit easier to do that. So I'm the opposite. And then I can do my little cut in the winter because I mean, yeah, Christmas and the holidays and all that, but I have a way easier time sticking to my nutrition when it's cold outside. I know I'm not going to the pool. I know I don't have any plans. So like no, my lifestyle is not going to interrupt my nutrition as much as it does in the summer. So, and I have a lot of clients that experience this too. So don't be afraid to just because the traditional, like I got to bulk in the winter and cut in the summer. You can bulk in the summer, you can cut in the winter. Again, we're not doing anything crazy. We're not adding like a ton of body fat. We're not going for like a super hard, dirty bulk. So when you do your slight little surplus or your reverse diet, um, you're not going to end up looking a whole lot different, but you are going to get stronger and you are going to build your muscles so that when you do cut, it's going to be easier and you don't have to cut as many calories as you did before you built that muscle. It doesn't sound that horrible, but you keep, keep increasing by calories. Uh, I And Lord knows I love me some calories. Um, but Laura's right. And a lot of times I think when she said about the hard gainers, and that's really who this this show was 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 sort of designed for around was was the people who do have trouble gaining weight the thing with hard gainers is there are some genetic factors that go in in into being a hard gainer hard gainer is a person that and we all know one okay um I, when we were playing the show i actually talked to Mar talked to laura when i was younger um my coaches always were, were after me to gain weight to gain weight to gain weight because i was one um, ADD medicine, um, through, from, I think at the time I was in about the fourth grade, uh, on all the way through, um, through high school. One of the, the effects of ADD medicine, especially, uh, back in the, in the early 90, early, uh, 90s, uh, everyone was on Ritalin. Um, that was before Adderall was a thing. Um, and it really did mess with your appetite. And it, like, I can remember, I'd eat like a bowl of cereal for breakfast, take my medicine, and I wouldn't eat the rest of the day because I just had zero appetite. Um, so a lot of times it, it really was my calories, and I didn't shy away from the gym. Like, I, I, you said go in the weight room. Okay, I'll go in the weight room. I have no problems doing it. So it wasn't the fact that I was not put, uh, allergic to putting in the work. I just didn't want to eat. And I think a lot of times when you look at a hard gainer, yeah, they're eating, but what are they eating? And I think that is, first of all, hard gainers a lot of time, they don't eat as much protein. Part of the reason is, and I have seen this, yeah, yeah, like I said, there are some genetic factors, but I think more so than anything, there's a lot of environmental factors. And one of the biggest, most hard gainers that I've ever seen are two things. They are, most of them are male, and most of them are, are some sort of manual labor. Um... They are, like Laura's husband, a commercial electrician, construction workers. Uh, they work in a warehouse. Um, they work in uh, some sort of, they do road work. They do some sort of, of manual labor where they're constantly lifting on their feet, walking around, picking things up, picking up heavy things, constantly moving. Um, I've actually even seen some... Uh, like retail supervisors who are constantly walking around their stores have this same issue. The problem with being a hard gainer is that a lot of times you eat to fuel your daily life. And when you're walking around and you're moving around, around and expending that much energy, your first thing that you reach for is some sort of carbohydrate. And you end up eating a lot of fast digesting carbs usually processed, usually sodas, usually sugars, usually things that are quick and easy to eat. You neglect your protein intake. So by the time you actually get to actually eating protein, something which is usually for most of those people who work uh, daylight day hours, they're eating dinner, then they're resting. Now they're going back and they're, even if they are eating in that, that, like I say, eating three to four, you know, four to five times a day, they're still eating mostly carbohydrates and car and burning them off because they're expending so much energy. Um, I also think that a lot of times hard gainers, they think they're eating a lot, but they really aren't because a lot of times they will 
eat very calorie-dense foods, and they will feel full for a long time. And maybe they'll eat 1,500 calories in a sitting or 2,000 calories in a sitting, but then they'll burn off 3,500 throughout the day. And again, they're not making any progress on their on their on gaining weight. Um, Laura, like you said, your 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 husband's a commercial electrician, so I'm sure he, him and and some of his coworkers have had uh, had uh, had that problem before. Oh yeah, my uh, husband's coworker just actually texted him a couple of weeks ago, and he was like, "Hey, can you uh, like I'm really having a hard time gaining weight. Can you ask your wife like what I should be doing?" And we came up with like a list of foods that he should be eating because um, I know a lot of times. Well, not a lot of times. I know for a fact, like my husband and his coworkers, they don't take a lunch. So they all eat breakfast. They work through their lunch and then they come home the rest of the day. And it probably feels like they're eating a lot through the second half of the day. Um, but they work that whole shift and they didn't actually eat anything. Um, so we I wanted to uh, he's probably not going to listen to this, but just just to show you once he started being more conscious. Um, he did, this was only a couple weeks ago and he told my husband that he's up six pounds, um, from implementing those like foods that we're going to talk about here in a little bit, because he, like, they are aware that they're not really eating throughout the day. So we gave him some higher calorie foods and like some nutritious higher calorie foods too. Like we didn't give him absolute garbage. Um, and he did already come up six pounds. A lot of times, like how Dave said, there is a little bit of like genetics that does play into it. Too. So it's not always that like, oh, hard gainers, they just don't eat enough. Like if you actually tracked what you're eating, which I would highly suggest that for anybody, whether when you're in a state of change, before you start like implementing anything for a week or two, don't change anything about your diet. Don't try to be more healthy. Don't try to like change anything because you think somebody's going to judge you or whatever. Eat your regular habits track it for a week or two and see where you are. If you say you have your two weeks and you're like, all right, I'm not gaining any weight. That means we got to up the calories. We got to up the protein. If you're tracking and you're not losing any weight, that means we got to decrease the calories and we got to increase the protein. So before you make any changes, see where you are so that you know where to go. Um, but just like if this is genetic, there are some things, uh, there's your basal metabolic rate. And some people just have as BMR. Some people just have a high BMR. So that okay. is how many calories you are burning in a day. Like if I sat you in a chair for 24 hours and you did not do a single thing but sit in a chair, that's how many calories you're going to burn. That's your basal metabolic rate. So when we add in our lifestyle and we account for our steps and if we worked out that day, our height plays a role in that, our weight plays a role in that, um, that affects our BMR. So our more active people, they're going to be burning more calories than their bas basal metabolic rate. Our more sedentary people are going to be burning less calorie or are going to be burning still more calories than your basal metabolic rate because you're not sitting in a chair all day. Um, but the bridge between your more active people and your more sedentary people are a little different. So again, you do have to adjust your calorie surplus or your calorie mate or your calorie deficit based off of how many calories or how sedentary or active and all your lifestyle factors. There's a ton about BMR. I am personally not like super concerned about BMR. Um, I usually, again, like I said, I have my clients find their maintenance calories, which is their, their calories that they're eating that equates to their BMR. I don't use like there are BMR calculators and stuff like that. I don't use BMR calculators. I just kind of have you track for a little bit and then we kind of modify from there. And it usually doesn't take me too long to find your BMR because those are straight up guesses, the BMR calculators. And I can guess, I can guess for you. <laughs> so a lot of times too, people will think like, oh, well, this, this goes both ways. So you're either like sedentary at work, but then you do a lot in the second half of the day. So you're like, oh no, I'm, I'm fairly active but you spent eight hours sitting. So like, that's a big chunk of your day. So like, I would personally consider you sedentary just because you worked out for an hour or two at the end of the day. Um, you have to look at your whole entire day and that goes the opposite too. So if you're like working hard all day long, you're on your feet, you're like moving things, you're doing manual labor. And then the second half of the day, you're not really doing a whole lot. You might look at your day and you might be like, well, I'm really not that active, but you spent that whole eight hours and are, our metabolism does adapt to that a little bit. Like 
our metabolism is pretty smart. So it's not going to have us like be burning a whole bunch of calories and never be in a state where we're going to like gain weight or else we'd all be looking around like malnourished and same thing the other way. So our metabolism does adapt to that. Um, but there is a little bit of genetics that go into that. And like I said, guys, we, we, we talked about this on more than one occasion, how there is really no accurate way to track calories, you know, they're, whether in or out. And one of the things that we do, yes, we have fitness trackers. Yes, we have nutrition labels, but we've talked about the, in, the inaccuracy of some of that. If we do write that, and this is where I am, I'm with Laura on the first week or two tracking. I am not a big tracker and, and I don't track. I kind of listen to my body to some extent and my BMR right now, I'm sure is way higher than when I was much heavier. There are days where I feel like I just cannot eat enough. And I know I'm eating breakfast. I'm eating a snack. I mean, having a protein shake. I'm working out. I'm having another protein shake. I'm having lunch. I'm having a, 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 another snack or protein shake. I'm having dinner. And then after dinner, I'm like, Jesus Christ, I know I've had to eat. I When I start having multiple days like that, I go back and write that down. And then suddenly I look at it and go, well, shit, I'm not eating as many calories as I thought I was eating. The first thing that really goes into our when our weight gaining strategy, I really think, is our training. There are two, there are two parts. Your training and your nutrition. The training part of it, it for the most part, doesn't need to change a whole lot. You, the training, there are little things that you can do to help if you've got your calories in check, if you've got everything else in check. There's some little things you can do. I know, Laura, you've talked about this when it comes to lifting heavy doesn't necessarily make you gain weight. Lifting uh, at a higher rep range doesn't necessarily make you lose weight or get lean or whatever. A lot of more has to do with the nutrition. Laura is a big person, a big proponent of not changing your, if you come to her and say, Hey, I'm trying to gain weight and this is what I'm doing in the gym. She's going to look at your nutrition more so than, than your, uh, than your training. Isn't that right, Laura? Yes. To an extent. Um, so like if you're coming to me and you're like, I run five miles every day, I can't gain weight. Then I would like, like, I'm going to ask you about your nutri or your training because there are certain things that are like hard nose for me. Um, but most of the time when I get a new client, they're not, they're usually not training at all. So I don't really ever have actually, I was telling Davis, I don't have people who are like runners. Like if you're a runner, you're probably not coming to me for training. Um, cause I am somebody who likes to lift heavy and I like to get you strong. So if I did, have, I do like take people. So like, don't be afraid. Like, Oh man, I like to run, but like, Oh, maybe I was thinking about training with her. I do. I will accept you. Um, but I, if you are <laughs> running and you want to gain weight, you can't have competing signals like that. Um, because like I said, our body will adapt. Um, and it's gonna, your body's gonna pick one, whether you want it to or not your body needs to be efficient to do that cardio, to do that running. Um, and it's not going to want to be, have bigger muscles because as we have bigger muscles, it's going to be harder to run. Um, so unfortunately you do have to choose one. There is an extent you can have a little bit of both. Um, but you're not going to be like super great at either one. You're going to be healthy and you're going to have a balanced workout routine, but depending on your goals, um, you're going to have to pick one, but I usually don't train my client or I don't change my client's training when they're in a phase because like if I I like to have my clients do things for a month a long period of time um so if I'm having you go through yes I talked about I do many cuts and many bulks and I could change your programming every three weeks um but then we're going to come to the point where you're on your mini cut and your mini maintenance I'm not going to have you do something for one week I like to have you do something for three four weeks so it's not like every three weeks we're going to lift heavy. Then we're going to go like high intensity cardio for this one week. Then we're going to go back to lifting heavy. That's just like too many, like too much back and forth. So my clients generally follow the same style of training as they're going along with me. Um, I'll have them kind of go through the same phases. Obviously, there's individual variants based off of your weakness and your movement patterns and your goals. Um, so I personally don't change my clients training because no matter what phase of your nutrition that you're in, 
I want to reinforce strength because when we are focusing on strength, we're focusing on building muscle. If I'm having you do to the point where we're lifting, but it, like technically we're lifting, but it's like kind of cardio, um, I'm changing the goal for that. So I'm now having you work on like your cardiovascular health. And I personally would rather have different, there are different methods to work your cardiovascular health. So I'm not going to use your lifting to work your cardiovascular health and strength training, like lifting heavy still does improve your cardiovascular health. So don't let that think that it doesn't. Um, but I would rather you focus on strength because when we go into those cuts, I want you to maintain as much muscle as you can um, as we're in that deficit. Cause once we drop into that deficit, you are the first thing your body's going to want to lose is muscle because it is hard to have muscle. Your body has to like be burning that energy. So the first thing it's going to want to pair off is your muscle. So I am always reinforcing that strength so that you don't end up losing muscle because when we lose muscle, our body fat goes up. One of the things, so I, there, I'm with Laura on this. I don't like to change a lot of what you're training. If you come to me and train training, one of the, one of the sort of the sub subsects, because I have lost so much weight, most of my clients are, do come to me to for uh, weight loss, I do also have um, some people who are hard doers that come to me um, as well. Another one of the smaller smaller groups that I train a lot, um, I train what I like to call weekend warrior athletes. Um, they are usually older in their 30s and 40s. Um, they compete in various things from martial arts to um, three-on-three basketball um what's some of the other ones uh, soccer a lot soccer. of runners soccer sand soccer softball exactly and they come in and not that they're trying to go pro or anything but they do take these things very seriously so i do have some people that are trying to gain weight one of the things i have especially when i have people who like to run who are who are transitioning into some sort of softball one of the things They'll get up every morning and they'll run three miles because in their mind, that's that's what an athlete does. Guys, when you start running three miles is a 5K, that means you're literally running a 5K every day. You know, even, okay, maybe not every day, but if you're running four to five times a week and running four or five, I can see Laura making faces at, at me as I'm saying this. Like, give me, like, a physical reaction. Like, that was right. involuntary. <laughs> <laughs> You you are like she said, it's a competing signal. I'm trying to grow muscle, but I'm also burning calories running. At some point you have to make this even if it's for a short term, lay off the running. Yes, running, cardiovascular. I've said this before, your your heart is the most important muscle in your body because without it, none of this other stuff makes any difference. But if you are trying to gain weight, cut the cardio out. The other thing is don't just try to add weight to the bar. And that is one of the things that I see a lot is, is that people try to add more and more weight because they think it's going to help them grow. I would rather mess with your tempo of that you're lifting. If you're just going up, down, up, down, I'd rather you go up, count to one, two, up, hold it for a minute there or for a second, not a minute. Don't hold it for a minute. Hold it for a second and then start to lower it down into three count. Hold it down there for a second to, to to eliminate some of the momentum. There's a certain amount of elasticity in your muscles. When you bring a bar down, let's say you're doing a bench press, and you bring it down, it automatically wants to go right back up. So if you hold it there, if you hold it there, it eliminates momentum. There's also things that you can do. One of the things that I I've done before, it is not my favorite thing to do, but when I'm working on my leg strength and my leg power. It's called a pause squat, where I will squat about halfway down, hold it, squat the rest of the way down, hold it, come up, halfway up, hold it, and then come all the way up. Let me tell you, not only is it will it tax you, it will humble you because I may be able to squat to 225. I can't do a pause. I can't do the same amount, same volume of of pause squats at 225 that I can doing a regular one up one down or even even a a, a, a was it a two one three a two one three one tempo. 
you really have to change the weight. And now you're getting into being able to hold. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're getting into giving your body different stimuluses for growth. Too often we rely on one stimulus of growth. We, and that is lifting weights and adding more and more weight. I've talked about this one in one of our strength training. And I think, Laura, you can in, in uh, link this to our our strength training, uh, one of our strength training episodes, where I like to add bands to the lift that I'm already doing. So, again, using the example of a squat, I will tie two resistance bands to the end of the bar, tie them to the floor with either a kettle, heavy kettlebell or a heavy plate. I will go down as I come up. Not only am I squatting that 225 now, now that 225 is getting heavier as I the higher I get because those bands are now under tension. Find a way to add new stimulus for growth. There's another thing that I like to work on. A lot of people will start from a comfortable position. I'm going to use the example on this one of a curl because the squat's really hard on this one. But if you most people do their curls either standing up on their feet They'll do a thing called a concentration curl, which you've all seen where they have their, their elbow in their lap. There's also the, the preacher curl where that's where you've seen it, where they're leaning over uh, a, a rack that's got a curl bar on it. Try doing this. Try doing your curls rather than doing them seated, seated straight up. Put your bench on a slight incline, lean back, and let your arms stretch behind you. It's called the stretch reflex. You're Contracting your muscle from a stretched position, you're giving yourself more chances to damage that muscle to grow. Change your stimulus. Find some more that don't necessarily have to change your exercises. Don't really have to change whether you're lifting heavier, high rep, or whatever it is. All I need to do is change what we're do is change the way we're doing, and we can produce a lot of a lot of change. There's another person that comes to me sometimes that are that's struggling to gain weight, that's someone who's actually been doing a lot of the right thing. And now they're stuck in a plateau. They've either lost or gained weight. They're usually they're in pretty decent shape, but they're saying, I, man, I think I can do better. What am I doing wrong that I, I've stopped seeing change? And sometimes it's been for months and months and months. And they're still saying, I know I can change more. I know I can change more. Well, guess what? They've been doing the same workout for six, eight months and just trying to add more weight. And now they're, they're playing, they can't necessarily add more weight. So let's find a way to change things, change things without changing things. Also going back to the cardio, I really think if a lot of times people get too caught up with cardio because cardio, cardio will burn fat, God, folks. Let's face it, cardio will burn fat. Anyone who says, oh, cardio is not the best way to burn fat, Maybe it's not the best way, but it is a way and it is an effective way. But if we are overdoing it, that cardio, especially if we are walking on the treadmill for an hour, hour and a half every day, if we're running the two, three miles every day, if we're doing riding bikes for, that's my least favorite, by the way, than running. Um, yeah. If you're riding bikes for 10 miles at a clip, you are tapping into that muscle. Think of this. Think of what Hussein Bolt looks like physically versus what Lance Armstrong looked like. Those are two different physiques and both two incredibly, incredibly conditioned athletes. The next part of, the th of what we have to do when it comes to hard gaining is our nutrition. We've talked about this. A lot of times we think we are eating way more than we are. I really think... If we take a, if you take a week or two, like Laura said, track what you're eating, you will find you will be really shocked. You're not eating enough protein. You're eating way more fast digesting carbs. If we take take a look at our first of all, our slow digesting carbs. That is our starches, our potatoes, our rices, um, certain kinds of healthy breads, things like that. That will really start giving because it's going to give you a more sustained energy but it's also going to send hunger signals that you can replace that you can add protein to it will make you more hungry we come and we we try to get so obsessed in what is healthy and, and got and folks let me tell you what the 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 fitness and or medical industry 
really does make it a little bit complicated because we tell, oh, this is unhealthy. That is unhealthy. This is good for us. Laura and I made, I joked with Laura the other day when we were make, we were uh, doing our notes for this episode. I said, I'm old enough to remember when, when they did a whole campaign, uh, TV, TV, commercial, uh, TV commercials about drink more milk. Then all of a sudden milk was bad for us. Then it was good for us again. Now it was bad for us again. Now it's getting back into the, it's good for us again. Eggs are the same way. Okay. So there's part of that. But one of the things that I really like to take away from that, from that is we all have to stop thinking of things that are good and bad for us, especially when it comes to trying to gain weight. Yes. I am not a fan of the dirty bulk and I, I will, I, I will debate anyone who says it's a great way, way, way to add muscle to your frame. But if I'm in a bulking phase, if I'm really, truly trying to gain weight and I decided that I want to have my cheat meal and have a cheeseburger and some Oreos, guess what? I can have a cheeseburger and some Oreos. It's not going to take me my, I've said it before, not good or bad. Does it get me closer to my goals or does it, or doesn't it? And if my goal is to gain weight, eating a cheeseburger and some Oreos is going to get me closer to my goal. Okay, you want a little, you want a little protein, a little pro tip hack. Here's the thing: someone, someone just told me about this. I've tried it; it's amazing. You want, you like Oreos? Take your Oreos, mash them up instead of in your. If you're going to dip them in milk, take take your milk. Take get some Fairlife milk, which has usually got a little higher protein, little more, little less sugar. Put a scoop of of cookies and cream protein in it. Mix it on into your Oreos. Mix it up. It makes like a dirt cake consistency. You're getting a little extra protein, some fast digesting carbs. You're going to get that protein to your, your system a little bit quicker. I can see Laura's eyes getting like really big as I'm talking about this. I thought you were going to talk about dipping an Oreo in peanut butter and got like really excited, but that sounds really amazing also. No, Oreos and peanut butter? Uh-uh. No. Oh, no. That's the best. You got to parent trap it up all the way. <laughs> Stop thinking of things that are good or bad. The other thing I really think a lot of people do, do in this day and age when it comes to gaining weight is because we have, for the last 15 years or so, been so, oh, go low carb, go low carb. Carbs are bad. Carbs are the enemy. Carbs are the things that make you get, get fat. Guess what, guys? Carbohydrates are the thing that are good for us. I have talked about this before. The three things that you need to gain to to build muscle are protein, water, and energy. Remember, I've talked about it. The monster movie, the glob of the glob of goo stuck in a in a beaker of water, zapped with electricity, and suddenly you got Frankenstein the monster. You need to energize your muscles. With carbohydrates. Now, not all carbohydrates are equal. Like the, the the example I just gave with the Oreos. Yes, that is a cheat food. That is not something I would do recommend doing every day, even if you are trying to gain weight. However, eat more potatoes. Eat more rice. Eat more slow digesting carbs. Eat more grains. Okay, grains aren't. I know there are some people out there recently who have gone back to the other way and eat more steak, eat more grass-fed butter, eat more things like that. Oh, grains aren't as good for you. Grains aren't as good for you, aren't the only thing in the world, but grains aren't bad for you. Grains aren't unhealthy. Eat some, eat some sort of slow-digesting carb to help your body build that muscle. I really, I really truly feel when it comes to hard gainers, the, the yes, your genetics play some role into it, but a bigger part of it is your nutrition. And I really think that a lot of times with hard gainers, because they do probably do have a higher BMR than most people, that they tend to lean towards the junk food because they can. Guys, junk food exists for a reason. Junk food is, 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 sold, is sold for two reasons. One, it is usually inexpensive. But two, let's face it, Oreos are freaking good. And I will debate anybody that says they aren't. McDonald's. I, 
if you eat McDonald's every day, it's usually me. But if you eat McDonald's once a month, it takes on a whole new level. Those things have to be pretty good in order to sell. Yes, they are inexpensive. Yes, they are not nutrition, always nutritious. Yes, they are not the things that we should be eating every day, but they are good. And when you have the ability to eat them as a hard gainer, you tend to because they are cheap, they are fast, and they are relatively tasty. So take a look at what you're eating as a hard gainer. Take a good long look. The other thing is, Laura talked about this in our last episode. How she used to go, like scarf down chocolate. Eat with intent. Eat. Don't just worry about the next bite of food. Don't just shovel food in your mouth. Because one of the things that I really think that when it comes to gaining weight is, and and bulking, bulking in general. And Laura, we know we've known trainers that we've worked with that are like this, where they want people to eat more food, eat more food, and they they increase your volume of food. I like to increase my volume of increase my calories without increasing my volume of food. Because let's face it, your your stomach can only handle so much. And yes, it will adapt just like everything else in your body. But if you take, I'm going to give one example. Laura talked about it. Laura, tell me what you eat for breakfast again. Um, I put so I usually eat oatmeal, and I'll put protein in my oatmeal. Um, like protein powder. So like Dave said, I'm increasing my nutrition. I'm increasing my protein intake. Um, but I'm not increasing my volume of food because we don't want you to be uncomfortable. Like we're not going to like shove food down your throat to gain your weight. So that makes it again, you are going to be a little more satiated because we added that protein in there. Um, but you're still eating basically the same exact amount of food. It's not like you have to do all these extra things to add in that nutrition to regular things. Chicken thighs. Chicken thighs. Chicken thighs are another one. Laura and I have both talked about it. How I I love me some chicken thighs. I can do I can do I can do wonders with some chicken thighs. To cook some chicken thighs on the grill, get them nice and crispy. Chicken thighs actually have more calories per ounce than chicken breast. They have a little bit more fat, but again, it's animal fat. It is natural, somewhat healthy fat. If you are trying to gain weight. If you are trying to build muscle, you do need some healthy fats in your body. And not only is it good for for gaining weight, healthy fats are good for your your cognitive abilities. They are good for your vision. They are good for your digestion in some places. The other thing they do, they add more calories. Carbohydrates, protein have four calories per, per gram. Guess how many are in fat? Nine, double double protein and cat so a little extra fat when you're trying to bulk or trying to gain weight can go a long way we can come that is we fat that we can convert into energy into muscle and find ways to get closer to our goals and it tastes better so you're actually going to eat it chicken breast doesn't taste that great so like you might have a harder time if i give you seven ounces of chicken breast and seven ounces of chicken thighs objectively i don't eat meat but like i know for a fact that the chicken thighs unless you don't like dark meat because i know people i don't i when i did eat meat i was not a dark meat dark meat person so if you do like the dark meat chicken chicken thighs taste better so you're gonna be more likely to have yourself eat that serving of protein than you are our nice little dry chicken breast i was personally a chicken breast person so if you are i'm not hating on it but majority of my clients would rather have the thighs Chicken breast, one thing I have learned, because I was never a big chick, I was always a white meat, a dark meat person, but as I have gotten healthier, as I've gotten more into into my lifting, because I do eat chicken breast probably now more than I ever did, um, still eat my chicken thighs, but one of the things, a lot of times with chicken breast, it is, it is it, two things go a long way with it, are marinating it, and how, you, how fast you cook it. Yeah. That is all we have for today, folks. Um, I'd like, I want to, one thing I want to say before we go, whether your goal is to gain weight or lose weight, whatever your fitness journey is, this is your journey. A lot of times people look at people trying to gain weight, especially the people who have, who 
lost weight and are doing the right things to lose weight, they look at people that, that get that want to gain weight and they don't understand. They get they, they're like, oh, this person needs to eat a sandwich. This person, dude, telling a skinny person they need to eat a sandwich is no different to me than telling someone who is overweight and saying, hey, lay off, lay off the Oreos. I don't know why I'm in such an Oreo mode today, but yeah, I really am. I actually um, feel like I need one though. Right? I feel like I've mentioned it. We could get this show, <laughs> this 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 episode sponsored by Oreo. Um, <laughs> but my point is, is my my point is, you wouldn't tell someone overweight to lay off the Oreos because it's insulting. So is telling someone who is underweight that they need need to ha- have a sandwich. Everybody's fitness journey is different. Not everybody's is to lose weight. Not everybody's is to gain weight. Not everyone's is to become more athletic. Not everyone's is to become uh, uh, some jacked up looking Hugh Jackman, Arnold Schwarzenegger, insert celebrity here physique. Whatever it is, is your goal. That What you have to do is do a little research, apply a little discipline, and put that plan into motion. There, It can be done. There is nowhere in anybody's fitness journey has I've ever seen where they said, I can't do this. They can do this. Everyone can do this. All you got to do is put a little effort, put a little time, and you will be the healthiest, happiest, best version of yourself that you can be. Whatever that looks like to you, because I can't tell you what that is. I'm not here to tell you you need to look or act or eat a certain way. I'm telling you, do it for you. Do it, Get to where you want to be. Not to where Coach Dave wants, you, wants to be. Not to where Coach Laura wants to, to be, but to where you want to be. So that is all we have for this week. So join us next week. We are going to be taking some uh, fitness protocols, and we are going to be either – classifying them as fact or myth. So here is what we are going to do until next week. Laura, tell them what they can do. You can do hard next week, things. Folks. Thank you for listening to the She Lifts, He Lifts podcast. Sustainable fitness for real life with Laura Ash and Coach Dave Webster. As always, we thank you for your support. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share the love by sending it to your friends and family and by leaving us a five-star rating. You can follow Laura on Instagram and TikTok at Laura Ash underscore CPT or Laura Ash Personal Trainer on Facebook. Follow Coach Dave at Rockstar Fitness on Facebook at DWebster023 on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram at she lifts underscore he lifts and she lifts he lifts podcast on Facebook and YouTube. Until next time, this is she lifts he lifts.